Direct from Fort Meade, Maryland, this is Dinfos Live. Hello and welcome to another excellent episode of Dinfos Live. I'm your host, Major Jay Murphy, an instructor here at the Defense Information School. We're so welcome to have you here to talk all about motion graphics. We'll be bringing on our guest for this month's episode, Mass Communications Foundation's instructor, Mass Communications Specialist First Class, Matthew Dunker. So please tune in and enjoy the show. Hello, MC1 Dunker, how are you doing today? Doing fine, sir, how are you today? Great, great, well thank you for taking time out to be on the program. Before we get into, of course, motion graphics, that's mm -hmm. our subject for today, can you tell us a little about yourself and your career? Absolutely. So, uh, as you've already previously stated, I am an instructor here at the Defense Information School for the MCF course. I'm also a mass communications specialist for the United States Navy. I came into the Navy in 2015. I actually graduated from this schoolhouse the first time in November of 2015 uh, when it was the basic mass communications specialist course. Went to my first duty station, which was Naval Air Facility at Tsugi in Japan, where I worked in the public affairs office. After that, I came back here and was enrolled in what is now a defunct course, but now lives on. It's a legacy course, which was the basic multimedia illustrator course. After that, I went to Naval Special Warfare Group 1 over in Coronado, where I did two deployments with the teams, and then was selected to come back here as an instructor, where I've been doing that for about a year now. Awesome. Well, thank you and welcome for being part of the program. Mm -hmm. In a nutshell, can you tell us what are motion graphics? So, motion graphics are essentially just the movement of text and any sort of graphical element. Uh, it's literally the movement of typography, mostly, and then some other visual element that we have that's on screen. What are some of the earliest examples of motion graphics that you talk about historically? So, historically with motion graphics, we can essentially trace it to the mid-20th century, particularly when it comes to cinema. Um, there literally was a company called Motion Graphics Inc. that was started by a man named John Whitney. He also worked with another man named Saul uh, Bass, or Bass. And they did a lot of motion graphic work for uh, Alfred Hitchcock for openings for his movies, particularly Vertigo and North by Northwest. And what they had to do was um, they used a static background or maybe they had an animation company do something like lines really quickly just come onto the screen. And then they would take pieces of glass. They had silk screened the names of everyone on and the titles. And they would have someone move it back and forth on and off where they were filming. Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. Now, if I'm looking to create a product, a visual product, mm -hmm. you know, probably something with motion like a video or whatnot, why would I choose motion graphics over just static graphics? Well, like anything, static graphics, they just sit still, right? Um, I hate to use the term basic, but that's what it is. It's, it's basic, it's the most entry level thing. With actual motion graphics, you're creating something that's dynamic, something that keeps your attention. Um, you're an instructor, I'm an instructor. We know that when we're showing someone just, you know, death by PowerPoint, we're just showing just static image after static image. You, you see them lose focus, you know, eyes glaze over, they get a little slack jawed. But when you move around and you're dynamic and you're keeping people's attention and their focus with things happening, they feel like they need to pay attention. And that's what you're trying to do with motion graphics. You want them to pay attention to what's going on on the screen. 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you know, you talk about motion graphics, but that's also kind of similar to animation in a way. Can you talk about the differences between motion graphics and animation and, and what are they? So there's a lot of either disinformation or How does the health analysis department help right? you act on the facts when there's so many well, unknowns in the medical world? As a team of medical doctors, disease detectives, and health analysts, we apply epidemiological analysis to support data-driven decisions. We analyze your population's medical needs to help you plan, monitor, and deliver services that improve healthcare quality. Let's look at an example. Wounded, ill, and injured family programs recently asked us to assess health services for children. We analyze services used based on location, treatment patterns, and factors affecting whether patients use military or civilian care. We identified common conditions requiring treatment, the kinds of health providers needed in specific locations, and patient proximity to military care. This information armed family programs leadership with key insights. Okay, great. Well, we talked a little bit about sort of the history of motion graphics, where they came from. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to me how they've evolved over time to where they're at today? So the evolution of motion graphics, particularly on how we do it, is mostly based on what technology is readily available. Of course, you know, computers back then wasn't something that everyone had access to. They were the size of rooms, right? Sure. Um, as technology has evolved, so has access and order and also use of um, creating motion graphics. Um, you know, the Macintosh by Apple is the best example. Once that was created, you know, studios went after it because they could do things with that computer and the programs being developed for it that couldn't be done possibly. Um, one of the best examples of that is Industrial Light and Magic, which was created by George Lucas because he wanted something in-house to create graphics, how, you know, graphics in Star Wars scrolled up and down the screen, everything like that you know, was a more expensive process back in the 70s versus in the 80s where he could now do it on a computer program like Adobe Photoshop and everything else that came afterwards. And it's also created an ease of access. Before, you know, it was very gatekeepery. Like you had to go to school to learn how to use the computer and the programs. And also the cost of computers were astronomical as compared to today where you can buy a computer now for a couple hundred dollars upgrade it yourself if you feel like it and download these programs to use and literally start without any sort of basic education that you would have to go to through a school. But schools do help to make you better. Okay, great. Well, you talked about Adobe, right? Mm -hmm. And of course they offer a, a large suite of programs, but you know, what are the programs within either offered by Adobe or other companies that can actually enable creators to create high dynamic motion graphics? No problem. So, of course, we've talked about Adobe, and the first thing that always comes to mind is Adobe After Effects. So, Adobe After Effects, you can create it. There's also Cinema 4D, which Adobe uses as an engine for After Effects. Uh, for Apple, they have Motion, which is their new program that they just offered. We also have Mocha Plus, I believe. And then, of course, in-program, if you aren't sort of comfortable using like one of those standalone programs, uh, Adobe Premiere Pro, Final Cut X, and then I also believe DaVinci Resolve have those sort of plugins that allow you to create motion graphics on a very small, very low key level, but they're still very effective. Okay, great. You know, obviously these programs have somewhat steep learning curves, mm -hmm. especially if you're not familiar with how they operate. 
Are there any channels that you would recommend folks go to to, to learn how to manage these programs? Uh, absolutely. If you are trying to get a better understanding of it, first, I would recommend that anyone that doesn't have too much experience with graphics get better with the principles of design. Um, a good channel for that is Pixinperfect. Uh, that gentleman will show you how to use uh, Adobe Photoshop, Adobe Illustrator, other programs that also have been coming out. He'll teach you tips and tricks, the new updates, everything like that. Um, if you want to go further, I would suggest nofilmschool.com, Biteable, and of course 99designs, and Adobe is really good at also trying to get people to not only use their programs, but use them in a creative fashion. So Adobe Max is a really good course that can be used. And on top of that, I believe they'll also set things up in person with their Adobe certified folks. And I believe they also call them evangelists, which their whole job is to go out and promote Adobe. So there are various outlets for you to use to go and learn how to do this. Okay, great. Well, I think we've done a good job laying the groundwork mm -hmm. for what motion graphics are all about. Now, take me through your process for actually creating a motion graphic, going from step one to the final step, to the completion. So, in my opinion, the first step should be that one spark of imagination. Um, it's, it's a little corny, I guess. You know, my favorite ride growing up was uh, Journey to Imagination at Epcot, and the sure. whole thing was thus, where are you creatively? Where's your imagination? So the first thing is to be imaginative. Um, are you able to come up with concepts, designs, everything like that to better equip your customer to create what they need for their products? Second, we go into now pre-production, where you're sitting down with your customer, you're asking them, okay, what colors are we using? What do you need? How are, do you want things to come onto the screen? What's the length of time? How fast? All those things. Then of course you sit down and you begin to storyboard it. You literally draw out how you want things to appear when you go to create your keyframes. Um, how they are animated, how long they stay on, all those little beats that go into it. Same thing like video production. Once you've completed that, that's when you create your program, either you know, you're bringing assets from Photoshop or Illustrator, so that way you don't have to create everything within After Effects, if that's the program that you are using. Um, from there, you go, you create, make sure you get everything down. Bring your customer now back in, see whether they approve or not, and then you go through redesign if they decide, hey, I wanna switch this up, I want this changed. Uh, I'm not feeling the color, I'm not feeling the time scheme, can we rearrange that? go back and hopefully you get that final product where you hand it to the customer and they're like, I love it, this is great, let's run with it. Okay, great. You know, all that sounds really detailed, mm -hmm. but also sounds somewhat time intensive, right? Oh, it's yeah. a pretty time intensive process. Very much, um, especially if you have, you're a novice, you're, you've just gotten into doing this, your workflow is not going to be as skilled or at the expert level of someone that's proficient in doing it. So this is something that takes a bit of time, especially that learning curve to get around before you can start, you know, putting out products as fast as possible for somebody. I mean, usually even for big studio houses in Hollywood, it takes teams to create everything they need. Right. And now it's usually one or two people that are doing it. So you kind of have to find ways around that. Absolutely. You know, considering how time intensive it can be to put together a high quality motion graphic product, mm -hmm. how does one sort of make that case to their leadership, to their commander and whatnot to say, we need to take the time to actually put together a quality product? 
It's all about one thing, branding. When you see a Lexus or an Aston Martin, especially their grill, you know what that product is. When you see a logo like Starbucks, you know what it is. It's the same thing for creating these motion graphics products. Um, it's about branding. It's about using our heraldry colors. It's about doing all these things to make ourselves recognizable. And yes, it is time intensive, but once you get it done, you now have an asset bank that you can draw from, that you can further keep using these assets over and over again. And guess what? People know it's part of your recognizable brand. Uh, DMA does it. Units and commands do it. So that way they know this is coming from us. And that is what's 100% important, and I can never stress it enough. Okay, great, great. Uh, how does Dinfos train the graphic illustrator, and especially the motion graphic creator here at the schoolhouse? So, with anything we do, we want to start people out on a basic level. So in the MCF course, you know, they are taught Adobe Photoshop, they are taught Adobe Illustrator. They are also given sort of just, you know, getting their feet wet with layout and design. Uh, when it comes to you know creating an infographic. But even when we do video production, we teach them how to do a lower third, but we don't go too far into the weeds. We don't want to confuse them. Once you graduate though, that's when you move on to our next course, which is our graphics follow-on, where they teach you more about layout and design. Um, they get more into the principal design, use of color, everything like that that's 100% important. And of course, After Effects. That's where you start to animate things, you know, animate logos, create those lower thirds. Uh, we also have the digital multimedia course, which is the advanced course above that, which teaches you more about motion graphics. And of course, we have uh, IPC, our intermediate photojournalism course, which sort of teaches you how to add some of those elements into a story with still photography. And of course, we have the intermediate motion media course, IMMC, which goes further and does it with video and also available to uh, service members, particularly you know, all the ones in our field, is access to apply to the Syracuse program at the Newhouse School of Communication. So that's something where you can do photo, video, I believe now they're creating the graphics portion. So there's a lot of resources in our field that's available, a lot of classes that can be taught here. And of course we also have Pavilion which is also available to everyone if they can't come to this schoolhouse at any given time. Yeah, absolutely, I know that's that Newhouse School, which is mm -hmm. actually went to that back in the day, uh, but I know it's definitely available for our Navy and Marine Corps students mm -hmm. and whatnot and, and service members, so definitely look into that if that might be something you're interested in. Can you talk to us a little bit about some common mistakes or pitfalls people make when trying to create motion graphics or get into the process of, of learning motion graphics? There's, there's a lot. I'm going to try my best to pare it down. Uh, the first one is do not bite off more than you can chew. If you are at a certain skill level, you need to make sure that you communicate what you can and cannot do, especially to your shop or your chain of command. If they are asking for something that is Hollywood level and you cannot produce that due to whatever technology you have or your skill set, you need to be able to say, hey, I do things at this level. That's number one. Number two, have that good background in design. Know your principles of design. Know what looks good, what doesn't look good. Know those little things that you have to make sure you have in your assets for when you go to create. Uh, third is to practice, reps and sets. So like 
anything that is skill-based, if you do not keep doing this, you're going to lose these skills over time. Um, you have to keep practicing, keep plugging away, you know, on your own time, you know, make sure that you are practicing with this program, creating things so that way later on you know that something that may have taken you two weeks to do, you can do in two days. Or no, two hours. <laughs> Sorry about that. I like it, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely keeping the skills sharp because it's almost like a language, right? Yeah. It's something to where you, if you don't keep that you know, muscle memory strong, if you don't practice doing the projects, both not only those ones that come down from, from leadership or mm. are assigned to you by the customers, but also just taking the initiative to learn the different programs on your own, giving yourself your own fun projects mm -hmm. to kind of uh, enable yourself to learn new skills and aspects of the program. All those things can definitely help improve and make what your motion graphics capabilities are that much stronger, right? Yes. Okay, great. <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about resources available to the person who might be interested in you know, strengthening their motion graphics muscle, right? We talked mm -hmm. about the schools and programs that are available here at Dinfos. Mm -hmm. but what might be available to someone who's at their home station uh, they are looking to improve their skill set if they can't get out of, you know, potentially their, their duty station at this time? So the first one is definitely Adobe Max. I would highly recommend everyone checks out what Adobe teaches, both on their YouTube channel, also on their website, also when they sort of live stream all these different classes that they have that are there to design to teach you new things that they are constantly updating, and also how to improve your workflow. Um, if someone decides that they want to actually pursue this, uh, depending on how short or long their military career is, their career as both a PA, VI, you know, specialist, I would recommend places like the Savannah School of Design, the Rhode Island School of Design, USC has a wonderful program that I also believe that they have online as well, especially if you're trying to get more into animation. There's also Cal Arts. Uh, do the research. Um, find which is the best fit for you, which has the best program that can enable you to do it remotely, where if you cannot attend a school currently, you can do it uh, long distance. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to say, you know, we talked about programs and stuff. You mentioned Adobe. Adobe Express is a great program mm -hmm. for creating rudimentary motion graphics without too much skills. So that's a sort of, could be a stopgap measure for some folks. Adobe's mobile programs have become like crazy from what they used to be. Um, you can even do really good ones in their video one, Rush. They're, they're rudimentary, but they work. So it's something that you can create on the fly and on the go, especially if something like time and access to equipment is a factor. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to me a little about some creators or whatnot, uh, maybe various documentaries or whatnot that you've seen motion graphics used in a exemplary way that you would recommend our audience maybe perhaps review or watch? Oh yeah, 100%. So some of the big studio houses right now then to my mind is going to be uh, Giant Ant, Jan's Media, and Oddfellows. They do a lot of work for commercial work in terms of motion graphics and animation. Um, in terms of documentarians that have been doing a really good job, Billy Corbin with his Roncontour Productions, he uses a lot of motion graphics and a lot of stuff going on in his uh, documentaries that he produces, um, particularly the opening to uh, this one Netflix series that he had. Um, I forget the name of it, I do apologize. But speaking of Netflix, there was another one that I just watched the other day. 
It's called The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. And the production company that did all the motion graphics for that was called In and Out mm. Media. And they did a really good job. Like it was almost 90% other than footage, just all these motion graphics going down for just like, you know, opening manuals, stuff like that, newspaper clippings, everything happening. They did an impressive, fantastic job. Yeah, I like to watch, there's a great YouTuber, his name is Matt Pat, he does a game theory and movie theory, and he uses mm -hmm. a lot of motion graphics to help tell the story and convey information. I'm also a big fan of Vox, I think they do a great job of you know, using motion graphics to tell, tell their stories and whatnot. So yeah, a lot of great resources out there and plenty of documentaries use it because a lot of times you don't have the footage you'd want to tell a story, so you need motion graphics or some kind of graphic way to convey a particular concept, right? 100%, um, Pitchfork Media will put out these little video clips explaining different genres of music and they do it really quickly. In fact, I was so impressed by it, I was inspired to go create my own sort of series that followed that same sort of dynamic with what they had where just like it would be a straight line moving, disappear, an image would come on, music, they would talk about it, some text, and then it would go on to the next one. And they were like anywhere between a minute to a minute and a half that just was there to give you information to be visually engaging. Absolutely, and, and one of the commenters said, Captain Disillusion, which I think he, he's a really great uh, artist with regard to creating mm. motion graphics, but mostly in a 3D space. Yeah. And I was gonna ask you, you know, we've talked a lot about motion graphics, we've shown our audience a lot of examples of motion graphics, mm. but they've been mostly in a 2D plane. Where do you see 3D playing a role with regard to motion graphics? So 3D is becoming more and more acceptable. Before you had to have a whole computer system that not only had enough RAM to run it, but enough memory so that way it could do all the models and everything going on. Now, while you can do some rudimentary 3D stuff now with both After Effects, Adobe Animate, um, it's definitely based on need. Do you have the time to make these 3D graphics? How does it help your command? How does it help tell any sort of message? Is it just something to look cool? or can it be used in an effective manner that is further able to tell the story that your commander wants to tell? Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for coming down and talking about this important topic. Hopefully you all got something from this engagement and learned a little bit about motion graphics. I know I did. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye to you? Absolutely. Um, real quick, I was largely self-taught before I came back to the schoolhouse to learn. After Effects, um, using any other program that you have not been taught, it seems very daunting, it's scary. That user interface, when you open up After Effects, is like not friendly whatsoever. But you have to have both the will to get over the fear of using these programs, and maybe even the fear of being a designer, and sort of just dive right in, push yourself in. Um, look stuff up, just try your best understand these programs and if you get that basic rudimentary understanding then try your best to get more education about it that's it yeah one of our commenters mentioned video copilot as a site that you can oh, yeah. go and find tutorials so mm -hmm. a lot of great resources out there well we want to thank you for again taking time out to talk about motion graphics with us truly no appreciate problem. it and we want to thank you all for watching if you prefer to listen to these episodes rather than watch them, know that you can download Dinfos Live as a podcast. Just go on to your podcatcher of choice and search for Dinfos Live. Well, that concludes our program for this month. Make sure to tune in next month on August 23rd for our next exciting episode of Dinfos Live. 
Till then, I'm Major David J. Murphy. This has been Dinfos Live, and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye, everybody.